listening to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. Good morning and welcome to this week's episode of the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Bard, and that is my best friend and co-host, Noah Cross, the magician. Noah, how are you? I'm doing great, man. We got some great wrestling this week, some great baseball this week. It's just, you know, good things to watch. Good things to it's, watch. It feels like the world is healing. We're going back to a place where we can watch wrestling and baseball at the same time. Oh, what a, what a world we live in. And mm. March Madness. Hope everyone has a great bracket going for themselves right now. I know Noah doesn't watch basketball, nope. but uh, my bracket's doing okay, except for you, UConn. You blew it. The, wait, it's the, all right. Oh, the UConn yeah. men, men, yeah, UConn nice. men. But, you know, they should have won that game, Noah. And because I wanted them to, that's the only reason. Before we get into wrestling, I said my grandmother, who we always, I always talk about her loving the Yankees, her quite often, is a yeah. huge, huge. My, I don't know why. I don't know where they get this from. My grandparents. I don't know why they love the UConn women. Yeah. In fact, we had to get a, we we got cable recently, as I told you, so we could watch Yes Network. Yeah. And my grandmother, there were two channels that were on the top of her lists of things that the new package had to have. And it was the Yes Network and SNY so she could watch the UConn women play. I don't know why she loves the UConn women so much. She is obsessed with them. Yeah. No, I mean, it feels like that the you're, the generation of our grandparents were big basketball fans mm. uh, uh -huh. growing up. Mm. So it's not a big surprise to me. But I'm going to put this up on the screen really quick. Uh, my friend Major Nosebleed on Twitch just completed about 20 to 30 minutes ago, a 27 hour stream on Twitch, 27 hours. If you are on Twitch, please make sure that you go check out major major nosebleed at twitch.tv backslash major nosebleed. They were playing some fall guys to close out the stream. It was an incredible stream, 27 hours and his breaks were very brief. So he absolutely killed it. Major, all the love to you. We are very happy to see that you are chilling with us in the chat for now. If you got to get some sleep, bro, go get some sleep. We are not going to judge you. And uh, while we're on that topic, remember, you can find us streaming on Facebook, YouTube on the Bard and Cross Entertainment YouTube channel and at Twitch for the TBard5195 channel. You can find us anywhere that you find your favorite podcast in the meantime. But if you want to watch us live, those are the places to do it. We'd also like to remind you, we are not a market substitute for AEW's Dynamite. Make sure that you go watch Dynamite live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and that you go watch Major Nosebleed every single damn time he's live on Twitch. <laughs> With that, Noah, I think it's time we start talking about some wrestling. Mm. We got Cody Rhodes versus Penta, and I would feel like I was stealing candy from a baby if I didn't let you talk about this match. So <laughs> Noah, if you could just kick off Cody Rhodes versus Penta, I know Cody's your boy. So yes. take it away. I'm not going to lie. I was not expecting that. Um, <laughs> Cody Rhodes versus Penta El Zero Miedo. When I saw this uh, being a match, I was like, oh my God. Well, I know because you missed last week. Yes. So there was some venom last week where uh penta cut a fierce promo against cody saying i'm gonna break your damn arm so you won't be able to hold your newborn baby girl and it Whoa. started quite the uh the brawl at ringside Sheesh. 
All right. Well, one week after cutting a scathing promo on Cody Rhodes, Penta El Zero Miedo squared off with the American Nightmare to, uh, in the opening match of the St. Patrick's Day Slam, which is on Wednesday. Don't forget, that was St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Rhodes continued to nurse the shoulder injury that ailed him back at Revolution as he and Penta fought to the arena floor early. Back inside, the masked lucha bro delivered a breathtaking chop to the chest and spent several minutes working over the former TNT champion, including a backstabber that earned him a two count. Cody sparked a comeback of sorts, but was still a step or two slower because of the injured shoulder. Rhodes delivered a tupe suicida and immediately... Uh, favored his shoulder oh yeah he added a canadian destroyer amazing by the way i know cody's been good at that but wow Mm. wow that was a good one a cody cutter and a crossroads but could not put his opponent away good lord penta's a monster (laughs) yeah right Rhodes again failed to pick up the win with the air raid crash er earning just a two count Frustrated, he slammed Pence's leg into the steel post and applied the figure four leg lock. The masked Rudo fought out and snapped the arm of his opponent, only for Rhodes to catch him with a sunset flip for the win. All that, and he wins the sunset flip. Mm -hmm. Uh After the match, Penta attacked Cody until Arn Anderson, Dustin Rhodes, and the Gun Club made the save. QT Marshall took his time getting to the ring, leading his teammates to wonder what where the hell he was yet again yeah so i mean i love cody yeah as you know i like penta a lot too they're both great Mm -hmm. all of that and he wins with a sunset one yeah yeah it was uh, a janky ending to say the least and cody did that like they did that shot that wrestling loves to do where it's like an enhanced zoom on mm-hmm. the face of the wrestler who just want to go, oh, he's about to get jumped. And that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, and so we couldn't see literally anything except Cody's face. So, uh, yeah, no. And it led on to yet another question mark in the storyline of QT Marshall claiming, what, what are you yelling at me for? I was in back. I was listening to, a, I had the headphones on. I had to come out here. And everyone in the ring, including the gun club, were screaming at him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, interesting storyline qt what are you doing who is you who are you aligning with are you going to be the next one to maybe join hardy's brigade of abandoned soldiers we'll see we'll see i uh was very excited though noah to see this next person in action after their debut match Mm. jade cargill Mm -hmm. was back without her partner of shaquille o'neal in action against Danny Jordan. I don't know much about Danny. Um, so we just figured, oh, local talent, but she is from Dark. Uh, so I did a little yeah. uh I did a little research before I uh jumped into this episode today. This match did not last very long. Jade Cargill made her AEW singles debut this week, battling Danny Jordan, where Cargill handled Jordan, tossing her with a release German suplex. From there, she went on and delivered the jaded to earn the pinfall victory. She is so strong. I like this, that name of that finishing mood. Jaded. Yep. Absolutely. It's 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 smart because it's her name. You get you get it? Thanks. You get, you get, <laughs> but this wasn't although her impressive uh physicality was on uh was shown what was more important was the aftermatch happenings where she went out and trash talked right in red velvet's face who was sitting ringside before making her way up the ramp. 
Mm. Um, I think Jade Cargill is going to be someone who is definitely going to be in the women's title picture, Noah. Um, this Is this going to be the person who ultimately defeats Sheeta? That would be my question to you. I'm about it. Um, I mean, they got to build her up uh, a good amount more before that may happen, unless she wants to have some story of like, you know, I just got here and I already beat Sheeta. What's up with the rest of you? Right. Not impressed. Um, so I, I don't know. That's a tough question. I'm gonna I'm gonna say yes because I have to give an answer. So I'll say sure. <laughs> Jade Carnival will because you asked. Yes, <laughs> Sheeta. I always say never go, never pick against Sheeta. When they do have their match, if they ever do have a match, will I pick against Sheeta? Absolutely not. But uh, will Jade win? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure yeah, 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 yeah. I'll go with that. I mean, no, no one's gonna remember this episode and call oh, you out for it. What everyone's looking, except for you, what everyone's looking at at the moment is uh. Cargill just tearing through everyone. So oh, yeah. I'm about I it. mean, look at her physique. Yeah, like, she puts the work in, dude. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not even a question. She is insanely strong. So uh, excited to see where things go for uh, Jade. And the women's division is becoming a little bit busy. Uh, so we can see some potential uh, competitors coming up for her very soon. Uh, but I'm just going to jump right into the next because we had a promo here uh, from what we are assuming are being called the Pinnacle. The new group. Oh, right off the bat, we're booing them. The new group coming out uh, in contention to the inner circle uh, with, of course, MJF, the supposed leader of this faction. We'll see if that holds up. MJF, Tully Blanchard, FTR, Sean Spears, and Wardlow would make their way to the ring one week after obliterating the inner circle to close out last week's show. Tully Blanchard would speak first, saying that he spent his career with the greatest group of guys and is going to end his career the same way. MJF insulted Chris Jericho, taking jabs at his weight, his hairline, and his pecs before running down the lineup of his new faction. He bragged about the fact that he has only been on television for just over a year and has 25 years left in the tank, and he is still the most talked-about wrestler in wrestling right now. I, I think he's right. I think MJF is one of the most talked about wrestlers in professional wrestling right now. If it's not him, it's Roman Reigns. And we're not giving any credit to that other company. So MJF <laughs> is the most talked about wrestler in professional wrestling right now. Uh, he said, when my career is all said and done, Chris Jericho is not going to be the GOAT. No, 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 no. The spot is reserved for me, said MJF. MJF would repeatedly refer to the group as the pinnacle before claiming he is better than Jericho and Le Champion knows it. So, uh, Noah, hot take. What do you got? Uh, very, very hot take, actually. In fact, steaming. Um, when Jericho was in MJF's shoes at his point in his career, Jericho was doing it himself. Jericho didn't have these factions. He didn't go from the inner circle to now the pinnacle, having to align himself with all of these people. All right. And and sure, in MJF's mind, he's at the top of all these groups. But it was very clear that Jericho was in charge of the inner circle until they fell apart. And uh, sure, MJF can say he's in charge of the pinnacle until someone stabs him in the back, which is going to happen. All right. Spoiler alert. Okay. Chris Jericho, at the beginning of his career, was on his own. He was Y2J. He was coming in there. He was facing guys that greatest were, debut of all time. Thank by you. The way. He was going after the rock in his first match ever. So if you're going to tell me that the greatest of all time is going to be MJF, I uh, no, no, I'd love to break it to you. Absolutely not. 
until you can go on your own. Like, it's when's it going to be the MJF show is what I want to know. When is it going to be just MJF doing MJF things? I'm tired of all the factions. Just do it. Do it yourself. I think we have to be a little fair here. He's coming into a company where he was a nobody. Nobody knew who MJF was except for people who watched um, Being the Elite on YouTube. They may have known him a little bit uh, from their episodes on YouTube. Um, but Jericho already had a firm foothold in the wrestling community before he joined over in WWF. He was very well known. Do you think he would have gotten that pop if he wasn't known from his time in WCW? Absolutely not. Um, and I think a guy like MJF, who everyone loves to hate, will eventually be on that GOAT status. Um, just not right now. Just not right now. I think he exudes Never. exudes the arrogance that Jericho had his entire career. I and I think he's earned it. Never. I can also say that looking at the way AEW was formed, a lot of the talent that they have, they had to build up over time on a YouTube series. Literally. Right. Like uh, they all of all of their first ever mm -hmm. pay per view all in before AEW was even a thing, which yeah. I got to go to. They're all running around with little. All in is still to this day the greatest wrestling show I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> to this day, unreal. Um, I've never marked out harder than like every single match at that <laughs> show. <laughs> but they had to build up all of these talents, and MJF has had a lot of time to do that. All yeah. pre all in in BTE their YouTube series now on TV every single Wednesday night for AEW uh, Dynamite. When when is enough? When when is a uh, MJF going to be able to blossom on his own rather than align himself with five other people who are already strong and and established in their wrestling careers? Yeah, I, I mean you're asking good questions, um, but i just think he has absolutely earned the respect at this level i think he is one of the goats of aew right now can we agree upon that absolutely not really no nope. you wouldn't even put him in that right i think that's just disrespectful uh, no sorry because i i think he has absolutely earned that that spot um because i mean at least he's not this running disc like horrible gimmick like this that's at least a he has fantastic gimmick. You take that back. <laughs> at least he has made his own gimmick of the I'm better than you and you know it. Um, I think he needs some work and needs to not be reading up on Triple H's old evolution uh <laughs> promos and maybe come up with a little bit of his own content. Dylan uh, seems to approve. The group is definitely dope. And as Dylan, uh, who sometimes appears here on the CWE podcast, uh could agree i i popped like an absolute mark when the lights went out and these were the guys standing in the ring because if you remember noah a few months back i said we might be forming a new four horsemen well now these were the guys i named as the four horsemen i did not put wardlow in there so there's five five horsemen but the other four were the exact four that i said were going to be the next four horsemen in wrestling and i can't wait to see what this group can do. I uh it's the new five horsemen, Dylan. So we're gonna have to do this now instead of this. No, they're the, they're the pinnacle because that's a great name. They're the pinnacle until uh they come up with a better name, like the inner circle had to do. So uh <laughs> I am very excited to see what they do, but this promo itself felt a little bit like a copy and paste from the old days of evolution. Mm. Uh so hopefully they get their grounding. Hopefully MJF can cut a better promo, which I know you can. Don't come at me, and uh, we'll see what you're uh, what you're capable of. But Noah, 
I know you're interested in almost every other wrestler in this match coming up. How'd you feel about calling uh, us through this one? Absolutely. A 10 man tag match. You kind of love it, right? I mean, uh, hold on a minute, play a tag team match. You know, holla, you gotta, holla, holla. Yes. You got to love that. If, and if you're a wrestling fan, you know, we, we're not going to explain that. Reference. <laughs> um, in a 10 man tag team action, big money, Matt Hardy led a team consisting of private party, the butcher and the blade. Uh, get your Attic Express, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, and Marco Sant and Bear Country. Have we seen Bear Country before? A few times. They uh, oh, yeah. very they come up. They were in the Battle Royal, and they actually yep. eliminated Luchasaurus, which they actually uh, alluded to before the match, uh, asking if they were going to work together well. Um, and they didn't, as <laughs> we'll find out. <laughs> a hot start gave way to the heels grounding and working over Jungle Boy heading into uh, and through the commercial break. A hot tag to Luchasaurus sparked a babyface comeback as the masked big man pummeled Private Party. He downed Isaiah Cassidy and scored a near fall, and the butcher broke up the pin and laid Luchasaurus out. The green-tongued babyface fought back into things and fed Cassidy to Bear Bronson, who laid him out with an exploder suplex. Stunt tagged himself into the match as action broke down at ringside. Back inside, Stunt ate a big pump kick from Cassidy, who tagged Mark Quinn into the match. With a little help from Hardy, Private Party managed to execute gin and juice. Hardy ever e ego... Sorry. You got it. You can do this. <laughs> I've just swallowed. I was choking my spit for a second. <laughs> Hardy, ever the egotist, demanded the tag and delivered the twist of fate for the win. As we've seen Matt Hardy do, he can never just let the let his team win the match. He has to be the one to pin them, and his music has to play uh, with his new persona here. So it's always fun seeing this many people in a ring, right? No matter who it is, right? It's always fun yeah, having sure. a lot of action. Um, always fun seeing a lot of action. It's always fun seeing uh, lots of things go down and all that fun stuff. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. A lot of action. I, the only thing I didn't like about this match is that they had this dysfunctional um, feel to the babyface side, um, where like Bear Country was just too big for their own good. Uh, and when they were carrying people around the ring, they were smacking them. And they threw, there was a spot where they threw um, Marco out of the ring and he almost got hurt. And that caused a bit of backlash between the two babyface teams. Um, it, it just almost looked like maybe a heel turn was coming for Bear Country, but it didn't happen. So I'm not exactly sure what was going on. Hardy didn't need this win either. So that's why I'm a little annoyed that Hardy got this win. Unless they are planning on building up this Hardy faction as something legitimate. And maybe when we have the next stadium brawl, it can be three factions in it rather than two. And we can have mm. Team Hardy versus Team MJF versus Team Jericho. And we can have all those teams going. And we just need one more. Give me four. I don't like three. I don't like that. We don't need a triple threat. Give me a fatal four-way. I want 20 people fighting out in the middle of the Jaguar Stadium. I think that could be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I'd be into that. I'd be into that for sure. Yeah, I know. So, uh, like we said, decent match. Um, not not the best uh, stuff we've seen. And it's unfortunate because the crowd always gets so, so behind Jurassic Express. And they, as always, were again this time. Um, but we also like to get behind people here, don't we, Noah? We have some friends here at Clovercrest Media who we would like you to check out. We will be back with an announcement for my Twitch as well after this break. Clovercrest Media Group presents a CMG podcast. Keys yes. to the city. Keys 
I crossed up by Colby, well, floated Shaq, and then Shaq goes like this, and the rest is history. Pay attention. Don't tell me what to do, devil woman. Speaking of those Lakers. But I, but I, hold on, fun. But I didn't make my point. I didn't make my I said Denver's going to win. Yeah, you did. You said that. There's no other show like that. Clover Crest is doing great things right now. Streaming everywhere. Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. I would just like to point out that a few weeks ago, Jace said that Mac Jones was garbage. Hurry up here for Alabama. Play action. Mac Jones wants it all. Long ball. Man there. Got him. Matching touchdown. I'm not sold on Mac Jones. In the red zone, Alabama with three minutes and change remaining in the half. Jones fires to the corner. Devontae Smith. Touchdown, Alabama. Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Damn good lead Okay, all right, all right. We're still doing okay. Oh, wow, where'd this Mr. Beast come from? Dodge. All right, Drew. And, oh! oh my God! Sniped. Absolutely sniped, bro. Absolutely sniped. Yeah. So that was on Twitch. Oh, sorry, no, I clicked you out there by accident. Yeah, thanks. We were on Twitch, uh, where you can find me oftentimes playing Fall Guys, as well as a bunch of ads from Clovercrest Media. If you liked any of those, just go to clovercrestmedia.com. You can find those podcasts and maybe even make one of your own. We do have an announcement for Twitch right now, Noah. Last night, we had an impromptu stream that we did out of absolutely nowhere. And uh, we were just streaming some Fall Guys on Twitch. There's one of my uh, logos right there for Twitch made by Mick Rachel. Mick Rachel, if you are here today, thank you again for that. Uh, and we reach our goal of 200 followers on Twitch TV. So for T-Bard5195, we got 203 followers last night, which was very exciting. That is a goal we've been reaching for since December uh, when we started on December mm. 7th. So just since December 7th, y'all have gotten us a community of 200 plus people there over on Twitch. Uh, and it has been great working with all of you. And like the guys like Major Nosebleed, we have met some incredible people over there on Twitch. But because of that, big announcement time. Noah, you may want to be part of this. You got to let me know. We are doing a 12-hour stream in celebration of getting that to that point on the Twitch channel. Very excited. Everyone has been very helpful, and uh, we are very much looking forward to doing that. Thank you. We have Ovi Muniz in Ovi. the chat right you, now. Sir. And congratulations. Hello to you, Ovi, the creator and producer of many podcasts mm. here on <clears throat> the Clovercrest Media. So. It is going to be great to see what Ovi's got going too. We'll have to get Ovi on an episode here sometime. Tyler, can you promise me again. something? 
depends what it is. For your how many hours is your stream now? I'm I'm gonna do a twelve hour stream. Okay. Uh, for your twelve hour stream, um, can we play MLB the show? We can play MLB the show. Yeah, because you've never. <laughs> I don't think you've ever played on Twitch on Twitch yet. I have played MLB on Twitch, um, okay. but never online. But every time I play it, I get at least three or four people in my chat like play me. They they all well, want to play. Fine. But I feel but like we can you, play. You and I playing against each other. That's 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 like that's. I think that would TV. be fun. So here, you heard it here first, everybody. When we do this twelve-hour stream, which there will be an announcement in my Discord. Uh, so if you want to join the Discord, you can find it on my Twitch channel. Just go into the chat and do exclamation point Discord, and it'll pop up, and you can get in there. I will be announcing when we do this stream, and you can see me versus Noah, or I should say, me destroying Noah Not in MLB. Close. You can't even uh, pretend we don't have crazy games against each other. We always have crazy games. It's true. But Noah uh, controller cheats. He looks at my hands while I'm playing, so he knows oh, what pitch please. is coming. We want to be in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> Who says? Maybe we stream from your house. Okay. All right. Who says? Maybe we'll be in the same room so we can all both be on camera at the same time. How about that? All right. That could work. So you heard it here first, guys. MLB stream coming your way. Uh, and Ovi is going to be going live tonight at 6 p.m. for the kickoff for WWE Fastlane. Now, we like Ovi from the Hard Hitting Wrestling Show because he's nice to us. Jace calling you out immediately. Ovi, we love you, bud. And we will uh, definitely be tuning in. You'll see sure. us uh, watching that show later tonight. But we have some action to get back into Noah, there was some interesting stuff going on with Tony Schiavone and Darby and Sting. Mm. Um, I mean, everyone keeps saying, oh, geez, how many times can you interview Sting? But this one had some extra uh, spice to it, if I have to say so myself. Uh, Tony Schiavone would introduce Sting and the TNT champion Darby Allen. Allen would take exception to his lack of title defenses, claiming he's only had three title defenses since winning that title and he and the crowd cheered and he was like no 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 that's not a good thing i want to be a <laughs> fighting champion and he said he's throwing out an open challenge in honor of the greatest tn champion of all time brody lee and any member of the dark order was allowed to uh offer their challenge to him and he would accept it he was then interrupted by lance archer who took exception and threatened to put Allen in one of those coffins that he loves so much. Uh, so who knows? Maybe Lance is going to get involved in this title picture as well. But from there, Team Taz would have come out and interrupt. Before Taz could speak, though, Brian Cage took the microphone, which was a little shocking. And the picture you see here would acknowledge his respect for Sting and said that his own teammate, Ricky Starks, was wrong. With or without his bat, Sting is still the icon. That was shocking mm -hmm. as Taz watched in disbelief as the man machine left the ramp. Wow. Uh, mm. I was expecting him to show that little sign of respect and go, but I'm still going to kick your ass and just punch him. And there was going to be a brawl or something on the ramp. He just left. He turned heel and, or I guess turned face, <laughs> turned heel to leave, turned face literally uh, on, on television. Um, so maybe we get some, uh, that's, that's how we get team Taz out of this picture and they can focus on their own little rivalry within their, uh, team Taz numbers. Um, I, I thought this promo was good. We got, mm. it set up potentially three different storylines. Uh, so Noah, what did you think about everything yeah. happening on the ramp? 
I agree. Uh, it's good to see that we might be moving away from whatever this Team Taz storyline is, right? Right. Of, I mean, they've been doing it for a while, and we've said that. It's like, all right, how are they going to get away from this? Because they beat them at Revolution, but yet we're still in this. Right. Team Taz is still here. Team Taz is still beefing with Darby and Sting. Like, where is the the period on right. this storyline, right? right? Um, so it seems that that might be it, that Brian Cage might just finally be like, all right, you know what? I, done. I, I we're done with this. Like I can't do this because you're you are the icon. You're gonna keep right. kicking our ass. So we're gonna call it a day. So I like that. I like that they're showing respect to Sting. I like that Darby Allen's throwing out the open challenge. Uh, that's cool. That's something we should do every week. Um, but we'll and that looks like they, they're gonna do that. Good. They should. I think it's a great uh, idea. Yeah, and it's. It is very good. It is it is a very good idea because the last person to do that was Cody, and the last time they did an open challenge was when uh, Brody Lee won the championship. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, a great tribute to them. Um, I am very very excited to see where they go from here. Absolutely. And diving into some more action here, we have Eddie Kingston. Oh, wait, oh sorry, is, sorry. You're good. You're good. <laughs> We have Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus the Good Brothers. Them oh, holding their brother Impact Wrestling Championship. You know what's funny about this picture, Noah? I didn't even think of it until right now. They lost the Impact mm. Wrestling Tag Team Championships over the weekend, uh, so they don't have those titles anymore. This is an old graphic that they put out before they lost those titles. Oh damn! Okay. Yeah. So with that, please carry on. Yes, sir. Before the advertised match pitting Eddie Kingston and John Moxley against the Good Brothers could get started, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows attacked Kingston from behind. Surprise there, folks. Yeah, Moxley right? made oh, the save. That coming. Uh, Moxley made the save, and the teams fought to the in ringside area, where the former Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions dominated the action. Anderson and Gallows flattened Moxley with the Magic Killer before teeing off on Kingston. Benefiting the uh, benefiting a two on one advantage, they punished the and pummeled Kingston throughout the picture in picture commercial break. But the double tongue veteran of the mat game wiped Anderson out with an exploder and tagged Moxley into the match. Moxley tore through the competition, taking the fight to both opponents despite clearly injured right shoulder. Anderson cut his momentum off with a picture-perfect spinebuster, then joined Gallows in a fireman's carry knee-strike combo. The heels wiped out Moxley and Kingston, continuing their domination. On the floor, Gallows sent Kingston into the guardrail, while Moxley rolled up Anderson in the ring for the win. After the match, the Good Brothers beat down Moxley until, until strutted his way to the ring. A chair in hand, Kingston re-entered the ring and took a wild swing, only to fall prey to the magic killer. The heel stopped the leg of Kingston in a steel chair and attempt to do the same to Moxley's neck before the young bucks made the save. The AEW tag team champions walked out uh, on an opportunity to join Omega and the Good Brothers in a two-sweet, uh-oh, only to be betrayed by the world champion. The Bucks told Omega he would... He made his choice by aligning with Don Callis just in time for Moxley to recover and wildly swing a chair at his foes. So lots of action here, folks, right? A lot going on. Um, pretty wild stuff. I mean, Tyler, what, what did you think of this, dude? You're muted, buddy. Tyler, you're muted. 
Can you hear me now? There you go. Oh, there we go. Sorry. I must have clicked that again by accident. My bad. Uh, I'm literally moving stuff around as we talk, and I must have clicked that so I didn't make noise while you were uh, while you were talking. Um, but again, that match, another really good one. But I mean, mm. when look at the faces. I, I just got to pull up the card. Of course, yes. that was going to be a good match. You got the Good Brothers and then John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. Mm. I mean, that is ex as exciting as going to a Mr. Steal Your Dad stream on Twitch who's in our <laughs> chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> you like that transition hey steel good morning thank you for tuning in live that was good we are uh we are live talking about john moxley and eddie kingston versus the good brothers again it was an incredible incredible match they did yes. a good job with the storytelling of this match which i think is huge mm. and the moment with the young bucks at the end i think was even bigger than the match itself um, they're definitely setting up the Good Brothers for a run at the uh, AEW Tag Team Titles, uh, and I think it's going to cause some definite turbulence throughout the Elite. Even though uh, Omega said that they're no longer Elite, mm -hmm. so yeah, so there's definitely there's some, some harsh words. Exactly, there's some animosity going on in the Elite. Seems to be not on the same page. Uh, the Bucks are still a little bit questionable of. Kenny's decision to align with Don Callis. So we'll see where that goes. Maybe will it lead to a Young Bucks and Kenny feuding in some respect? We don't know. Uh, we're going to turn into some three-on-three -three tag match where we have uh, Omega and the Good Brothers taking on the Young Bucks and who knows who. Maybe Cody? Yeah, maybe, maybe Moxley. Moxley? Maybe Hangman? Because there's a few people that this could definitely That'd be, be good. right now. That'd yeah, I, I... Really good. You know what? It could be really good. And what we thought could be really good was one of your favorites, Ray Fenix and Angelico fighting against each other. Noah, this match was so short. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I feel like, again, I can't take it away from you. Please, please, <laughs> please, please help me believe why this was an okay match. Yeah, so I mean, if you look at the two people on the screen, they're two high fires, they're two quick-paced performers, and even all three of them, Pac in that group as well, he didn't wrestle in this match, obviously, he simply accompanied Fenix to the ring, because uh, they are members of the Death Triangle of Penta L0M, Ray Fenix, and Pac, uh, but this match should have been great, it should have been really, really good, but yeah, whatever. Uh, Ray Fenix sought to continue building momentum as he battled and Helico. The submission based in Helico worked Fenix over throughout the commercial break, looking to force a tap out from the masked luchador. Fenix fought back and landed a cutter coming out of the commercial break, but in Helico re-established momentary control. Fenix fought to the ropes, forcing the rope break. The competitors delivered dueling super kicks before Fenix delivered a sit-out pile driver for the pinfall victory. So as we said, it was a quick match. Like, it almost didn't make sense as to why it was so fast. I will, okay, maybe it did because the main event deserved the time it got, and we're going to sure. get to that in a second. I, I was going to say that. That might be the only reason yeah. this match was so short. Exactly. So, uh, but that's the thing. These two guys can go. Like, Ren Phoenix is great. We know that. I have his mask right here for a reason because he's amazing. I got this at an NEW show, and I met him. He's a really, really cool guy. And he can really wrestle, folks. And Helico's good too. We've seen him perform uh, in his in his tag matches or as a solo. An impact. He yes. that, honestly, he put on his best shows over an impact. That dude was. You thought Jeff Hardy did some crazy stuff? You go watch in Helico and Impact. He was insane. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, what's the defense for this? I think they just didn't have enough time. Plain and yeah. simple. It could have probably could have been incredible. They just didn't get enough time, and it's unfortunate. But at the same time, as I said before, the main event deserves every second they got the so. main event is exactly what deserved the credit mm. it got can we, 
Yeah, absolutely. This match was so incredibly well done. I've actually, I went back and watched it again. I had mm. to watch it twice because it was that damn good. We had an unsanctioned lights out match. It was Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker DMD. This match was so good that the hardcore legend Mick Foley, when asked what his opinion was of the match, literally just turned his camera towards his face and gave the big old thumbs up and grinned. Uh, absolutely giving the thumbs up to these ladies for putting on a kick-ass match. Mm. And when he asked the hardcore legend why, what happened? You're about to find out. This match was insane. For the first time ever, two women headlined AEW Dynamite. For the first time ever, Dynamite featured an unsanctioned lights-out match. That's two first times in mm -hmm. this main event, Noah. Two, count them, two first times. Wednesday's show featured the latest chapter in the rivalry between Thunder Rosa and Dr. Britt Baker as they battled in an unofficial match without rules. Damn. that that A match without rules is uh, it's never going to end well for someone, and nope. usually, usually both of them. Mm-hmm. Rebel would attack before the opening bell, catching Rosa with a cheap shot before throwing a chair at Baker's face. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Excuse a shot before Baker leveled her on the entrance ramp for an early near fall. Rosa, however, recovered throwing a chair at Baker's face before sending the good doctor over the guardrail and into the stands where she ended up pummeling the dentist. Rosa would then sit on Baker. Uh I'm sorry, Rosa Baker on a chair and tried flipping, tried for a flipping senton, but the heel moved and the face painted competitor crashed and burned. Baker stomped Rosa's head into the diamond plating, busting the former NWA women's champion open uh, ahead of the commercial break. Yeah, the blood is, this is not going to be the first time uh, blood was spilt in this match. Back from the timeout, however, Baker delivered a, uh, delivered a superplex from the top rope onto a pile of chairs. Rebel produced a ladder, and Rosa sent her face first into said ladder. Uh, I believe this is the moment that caused Dr. Britt Baker to start bleeding profusely. Mm -hmm. A corner attack by Rosa sent the ladder into Baker's face, which, it, oh, and in turn, if I had just finished reading my sentence, which in turn ended up busting her open. Baker struggled to the ropes where Rosa met her. She hoisted the doctor in a fireman's carry and tried for a Death Valley driver but slipped only slightly, delivering the move into a ladder. Oh, my Lord. I, that was another one where I'm like, okay, yep, mm. nope, call it off. This this match, <laughs> they're, they're both going to be absolutely destroyed. Uh, couldn't Could not believe the impact of some of these moves. Baker, her vision adversely affected by her own blood, dropped Rosa with a DDT onto a chair. She earned a two count. Baker, smiling through her crimson mask, put on a glove, signaling for the lockjaw. But Rebel would then produce a bag of thumbtacks, and Baker emptied them into the center of the ring. Rosa came out of nowhere, blasting Rebel with the crutch, then dropkicked her through a table at ringside. Rosa delivered a powerbomb to Baker, driving her into the thumbtacks. Not only did she just drop her into the thumbtacks, it was a power bomb mm -hmm. into the thumbtacks baker still however managed to kick out at two even as her back became a pincushion. baker finally got to apply the lockjaw, but rosa rolled back into the thumbtacks again breaking the hold 
The action spilled out to the ring apron where Rosa delivered a fire thunder driver through a table outside of the ring for the win. Dear Dude. God, this Dude. match was insane. I've got mm. some images up on the screen right now for anyone who is listening in live. There is Britt Baker on the left side, just pouring blood from mm. her forehead. Just a massive gash. When they got the first close-up on that, uh, it was so <laughs> gross. Like Her skin was just peeling. It was such a gross shot. Uh, and then we've got Thunder Rosa putting her into the thumbtacks for the first time. If you look up in the top right, you can see them going for that um, fire thunder driver through the table. And if you look real close, Noah, there's still about 20 thumbtacks mm. in Britt Baker's back. It's just, um, if you ask any of the legends of wrestling, which spots hurt the most? Almost all of them say thumbtacks. No one wants to go in the thumbtacks. And I remember vividly Chris Jericho when he was having a rivalry with then Dean Ambrose inside of a steel cage, Vince McMahon actually okayed a thumbtack spot. And he doesn't do that very often now. And Chris Jericho's like, great. We're putting Moxley through thumbtacks. Oh, uh, no, uh, we're actually, uh, it's you, Chris. He's like, oh, shit. And he was very, very upset that he was the one who ended up having to go through the uh, thumbtacks because they all know just how bad that mm -hmm. hurts. These two women may have put on my favorite women's match of all time. Mm. That was one of the greatest performances I have seen. And it just showed that these women deserve a main event spot. These are potentially the, the two best women on the roster right now. And both of them deserve their shots at the AEW Women's Championship. One million percent. I, I honestly, Tyler, I can't praise this match enough. It was amazing. The hype around afterwards was so well deserved. Oh, yeah. Um, they earned every minute of it. They deserved every amount of praise they're getting for their performance. Unreal match. Absolutely outshined everyone. I would say this was a better, uh, we'll call it death match style match than the match that Omega and Moxley had at the last pay-per-view. Hands down. If this made a vent to that show, that would have elevated that show. I think they're on an even playing field. I think both of the matches were. I think the women good. outperformed the men in that respect. Yeah. I mean, this was more. I think this was more brutal because of the blood. Um, anytime, anytime you see blood, you're like, oh, shit, that match was good. Mm -hmm. um, but hey, you know what? I take it back. Brock Lesnar versus Randy Orton. That match was not good. And there was a no, lot of blood. That was gross. <laughs> <laughs> that was just disgusting. Um, but, dude, I think we have gave them the exact amount of praise that they deserve. These two women were bad ass mm -hmm. and I cannot wait to see if they have more of it in the tank. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about them. They absolutely killed it. Mm -hmm. 100% absolutely killed it. And um, I mean, that was a, there was nothing on the line in that match either. They nope. were just wrestling, you know, and that was the best part about it. So I'm looking forward to see what both of them do further down the road in AEW. So. Yeah, and, and AEW doing well in ratings again with NXT potentially making that move over to T, uh, Tuesday nights. AEW continues to surge, doing incredible in the numbers. And Jace, I'm sa sad you didn't show up. I was going to destroy you today. So, uh, buddy, I'll save it for next week. Don't yeah, worry. save it for next week. We'll, we'll, we'll get you next time. Um, Noah, an incredible show mm. this week. Hopefully, we can get another show better for next week. Uh, not too many things called yet, but we do have a few matches lined up for next week's episode of Dynamite. We've got Darby Allen 
taking on John Silver, the decided member of the Dark Order, who will be going on for a TNT championship match. Mm. There are a few people on the Dark Order who I could see winning this match. John Silver is one of them. Okay. I can see John Silver defeating Darby Allen and getting that belt so Darby can go do a storyline with Sting that's non-title uh, non title worthy. So the two mm-hmm. of them can actually have this match that we are all hoping would happen uh, without involving any sort of gold. So people from the other side can't get mad that an old guy has the belt. <laughs> um, so maybe that's what this sets up. Who knows? Who you think wins this one? Darby. All right. Uh, we've also got Kenny Omega versus Matt Seidel and this. I hate this eliminator thing they keep doing, uh, but it's an AEW World Championship eliminator match. Uh, is what they keep calling it every time that Kenny Omega faces someone. I don't know why they keep doing that, <laughs> but they keep uh, bringing in these matches for championships, which is nice uh, to see these uh, defending champions. This feels pretty obvious. Um, there's no way Matt Seidel wins this title, right? Absolutely not. Yeah, they can't. I mean, that would be what, what a swerve if he were, were to pull off like an upset victory, like, I don't know, maybe Eddie Kingston or, or, uh, Christian Cage gets involved somehow that I'm just trying to put that juju out there. So something wild could happen. It's not <laughs> going to, uh, but I don't know. Maybe we get to see something like that. We get to see this matchup again. Nyla Rose versus take Conti. They fought three times now, I believe uh, with both of them getting a victory. So this is the rubber match between the two of them. Who you got? Uh, probably Nyla Rose. Nyla's on a run right now. Yeah. Um. And and don't get me wrong, we both love uh, Ty Conti, but I I think Nyla Rose is going to win this match mm-hmm. myself. And then we've got two members of the Pinnacle FTR versus the Varsity Blondes coming through. That'll probably, if I had to guess, be the opening match of next week's show. More than likely, I could um, see Ken- Kenny's probably going to main event because it's Kenny and it's a championship. It has to. Yeah, be. of course. Um. So very excited to see all four of those matches, Noah. Um, it is going to be an interesting week next week. And you know, that's definitely not going to be all we see. There's definitely mm. going to be more content to come more to be announced in the off days leading up to March 24th. Uh, we do want to remind everyone that we are indeed not a market substitute for AEW's dynamite. Please remember that you have to go watch dynamite live every, we don't have to, but you should go watch dynamite every Wednesday at 8 PM Eastern standard time, or just do what Noah does. If you can't watch it live, record it and watch it in your free time because the content they're putting out, as you can see, has been insane. This is not a pay-per-view, people. This is a regular televised episode of Dynamite Mm -hmm. with these women beating each other to a bloody pulp. If you indeed do love podcasts, why not visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. There are 26 shows on the CMG network. And if you don't find one you like, why not start your own? We can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 per month. And clovercrestmedia.com is the website. Make sure that you check it out and tell all your friends and family about it. You can visit clovercrestmedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite CMG sports podcast, as well as blogs, video, and all of the latest info. Another great episode of the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast, episode number 33. We are on an absolute roll, moving upwards and onwards for both of our podcasts. Once again, my name is Tyler Bard. That is my co-host, Mr. Noah Cross, the magician. We will see you all next time. Stay cross. 
to the Crossum Wrestling Entertainment Podcast.